Hey there, adventurers. Looking to increase your session quality with a custom mini? Perhaps you as DM would like to surprise your players with a specialized mini for an upcoming campaign. Or perhaps you're a player that needs a specific mini that you can't find anywhere else. Well, if you follow our affiliate link and head on over to Hero Forge, you'll be allowed to customize your figures with any specific species, along with their vast visual library of armor, weapons, and gear. Edit your figure into amazing stances or heroic poses with a beautiful custom base. Don't feel like painting all that amazing color you just added to the figure? Well, luckily for you, Hero Forge 2.0 color technology allows you to create your perfect miniature in amazing color with advanced features like decals, makeup, war paint, and more. Design your unique miniature and get it printed in full color without the hassle of painting. Follow the link to Hero Forge to start designing your custom miniature today. Now, on with the show! Welcome to the DM Emporium, a series dedicated to discussing DM essential tips, tricks, tools, and information. Let's get started. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Dre Savito, and this is another episode in a series dedicated to information that may help new and veteran DMs. Perhaps given new ways for DMs to look at a situation, or give new ideas to the DMs can throw around their table and enjoy. Today's topic, table rules, also known as house rules or homebrewed rules. Now, table rules may differ from table to table. Some DMs prefer a certain gameplay or style, while others may be more lenient to different rules. Throughout this episode, I'll be saying table rules, but that's just a synonym for a house rule or a homebrewed rule as well. There are hundreds, if not thousands of table rules out there so we'll just go over a handful of main ones and some extravagant ones. Most table rules can be pulled from your dungeon master's guide, and here are a few that you may already know. Coming in at number one, we have healing surges. This feature works great for groups that have no healing abilities of their own. As an action, a character can use a healing surge and spend up to half of their hit dice. They can add their constitution modifier with each dice spent in this way. Once a character uses this feature though, they must take a short or long rest before allowed to again. Also with this ruling, once a player has a long rest, they gain all of their hit dice back, and on a short rest they gain back dice equal to their level divided by 4 to a minimum of 1 die. Number 2. Natural Healing You may want to consider this for a more grittier campaign. This rule, characters don't regain all hit points at the end of a long rest. Instead, they must utilize their hit die at the end of a long rest, which means they take longer to heal from battles. In this manner, players need to utilize strategy and resources better. This can be a bit of a challenge for new players to D&D. For instance, if you're a level 5 fighter and you utilize all your hit dice in a day, at the end of a long rest, you only gain up to half of your hit dice back. Say perhaps you need to heal up more even. Well, now you only have either three or two, however the DM decides, either rounding up or rounding down on half of your hit die, but now you don't have the full amount to be able to heal up after a long day's rest. Number three, firearms. Any class can be allowed to use firearms, but just like any other weapon, only some classes are naturally given proficiency. 
and in the natural D&D order, only artificers are proficient. But that's not to say you can't allow others to gain proficiency, even if they aren't artificers. As the DM, it's your choice. And if you're a player listening to this, then possibly even talking to your DM, they may allow you to use another class and also be proficient as well. The fourth rule we have here are inspiration tokens. The token is basically an advantage roll passed out by the DM or even by a player. Naturally, when you're sitting down at the table, you will discuss with the DM and your players what's going on in the campaign, what's going on in the session. If something is deemed worthy by a DM or a player, however your group decides to do this, you can then be granted one inspiration token. They do not stack, so you can only carry one at a time. But in this manner, you can pass out an inspiration token if you think someone did something amazing, or if the DM only decides that they can do it, then if something happens with role-playing or if they do an amazing action that was not even foreseen before in the combat, such as hitting a crit, you can get it from role-playing like I had mentioned, being creative with a plan, being heroic, or just maybe once per session your DM allows you to have an inspiration token. Heck, maybe even feeding the DM may give you that inspiration token as well, so don't be afraid to bring a snack or a drink that is a favorite of your DM. The fifth table rule we're going to talk about is one of the combat options, and this one is flanking. Flanking is when you have one enemy directly between two characters. While in this straight line, the characters have advantage on melee attacks against the enemy in the middle. This effect can also work for the enemy, so be mindful if your DM uses flanking, or if you decide to use flanking, don't be afraid to use it on your players as well. The monsters will be smart enough to do that. Just because you have a few orcs running around doesn't mean that they haven't learned to survive or adapt in a manner that makes them proficient at fighting. Number six, another combat rule that we're given from the DMG is cleaving. When a melee attacker reduces an undamaged enemy to zero health points, any excess damage done during that turn may carry over to another creature within reach. The attacker can target another creature within reach, and if the attack roll that they had previously rolled, the d20, would have succeeded on a hit on the second creature as well, then the remaining damage would carry over. Still following this feature then, it's possible to continue to cleave as long as the factors are all true. Undamaged brought down to zero, within reach, and the original d20 roll succeeding against the next target's AC. A few things to keep in mind here though, the enemy must be undamaged prior to the cleaving attack, and they must be within reach. Certain species and even certain weapons can give a farther reach than typical 5 feet. Heck, a bugbear can reach 10 feet with just their long limb feature, and even then some weapons have the reach property, which then increases the character's reach by another 5 feet. So if you just imagine a bugbear that can reach already 10, give them a glaive, a halberd, a whip, or any other melee attack that can give another reach, that's an automatic 15 technically to the bugbear's reach that they can do with the cleave feature. Number seven, we have another optional rule from the DMG, such as fear, explosives, injuries, morale, disease, diagonal movement, and madness, but I'll leave you to find those ones out on your own. Some of them are a bit more extreme, while others 
play a bit more into the tactical advantages of some of the other campaigns or some of the other modules that we have out there. For this next section, we're going to discover table rules, some that you may already know at your own table or that you may have heard of at one point. Number one is the bonus action to drink a health potion. Now, yes, there is a class out there that utilizes this feature, such as the thief class from the rogue main class. Their fast hands feature at level three allows them to use an object as a bonus action. Some people may even argue that the table rule itself, such as using a bonus action to take a health potion, steps on the toes of that rogue class then. And I'd agree with you there. Now, if there was a player at my table that wanted to play a rogue thief, I'd not utilize this table rule then. But if I or you don't have that scenario, then it's our choice whether or not we'd allow this or any other of these discovered table rules for that matter. Number two for a discovered table rule is the healer's kit plus. Now this is something I utilize in my own campaigns where if I don't have a healer or if I don't have a player that wants to play a healer, I will not force someone into a role they do not want to play or that they are not interested in from the get go. Now you may say, but all my groups have at least one healing type. Well then that's okay. But I always stress to my players, especially the new ones, play a class that they prefer to play. Don't choose to be a healer because so-and-so suggests it. Don't fill a role if it's not there. I see a flaw here that typically happens and that that's when a player is not attached to that class and ends up hating it or dropping out. So then now the group is even in more despair. So I say as a DM, don't let other players decide for any other class either than their own. And if you have no healing class, then this could function for your group. Now, enough of that tangent. The Healer's Kit Plus essentially is my rendition of the Healer feat, but with a minor twist. I allow to use the Healer's Kit to actually act as a Nearsporn type patch, if you will. As an action, the character can use a Healer's Kit to restore 1d4 plus con mod to themselves or others. The con mod added would be the recipient of the Healer's Kit. So either the one applying it would give it to themselves then they would use their con mod. If they were given to someone else, they would use the other person's con mod for that addition. So during session, whenever my players would be at a shop, they may ask for a healer's kit. I roll something like a 1d4 plus a 1d10. Now the d4 is for how many kits are available and the d10 is how many uses they have in it. This makes buying them sometimes more efficient than health potions while also making them utilize them in a smart manner. Once they get to higher levels, I slowly increase the factors of healing, basically. I'll take away half of the D4s of what's in a natural healing potion or a greater healing potion, and that's what I would have it. So for instance, a greater healing potion would have 4D4, well, the greater healer's kit would just have 2D4. Not as great, but more useful in the lower levels, I'd say. By the time they get to the higher levels, more than likely, they should already have enough resources to find, purchase, or even make those bigger health potions or those greater health potions or even superior health potions. Number three at the discover table rules is we have the use of crit or fumble tables. Now in previous editions, there used to be fumble and crit tables that would happen on a corresponding roll, either a natural 20 or a natural one. Some being heroic in nature while others detrimental to gameplay. 
If you search around online, you can find tons of these tables for your group if you'd like to implement them. Some flaws would be like breaking your weapon or throwing your weapon, falling prone, or maybe even breaking concentration on a really bad roll that you just had. While other crit tables may be more heroic, something similar to like, the next time you do an attack, you have advantage on it. Or you also disarm the enemy during your attack. And then even something along the lines of gaining the disengage as a free action during that one round. Crit and fumble tables can be fun, but there are some table rules that most tables don't allow, such as this. Previous editions utilize this. Another table rule is to allow the starting feat. Now again, some may argue that this is stepping on the toes of the variant human species, but it's your choice to do the following. Simple enough, each player gets to choose a feat at level 1 no matter the species. This allows your players to feel heroic from the get-go and begin making their campaign feel more important. You can even broaden the table rule by lifting the species restrictions from some feats such as Orcish Fury where only orcs can do it or Bountiful Luck that only halflings get. Number 5 on discovered table rules is what I like to call a crit plus. This ruling goes for rolling crits on attack rolls. If a creature rolls a crit, the damage is one max damage die plus a rolled damage die plus your modifiers. So for a short sword, that is 1d6. On a crit, it would be 6 plus 1d6 plus what other modifiers you may add. And the reasoning here is simple. What's worse than rolling a crit and getting two nat ones on your damage die? With this ruling, all of your table crits will seem more powerful as they should be. Now, this is also a double-bladed sword here. Enemies can also do this, so be careful. You could not allow enemies to do this as well, so then your heroes feel like heroes when the crit compares to the enemies. Number six on discovered table rules is the hidden death roll. This makes it more of a challenge for your party when they don't know how close the downed companion is to completely dying. During combat, if a player would be taken down to 0 HP, that player would roll in secret or the DM would even roll by themselves, and they would not acknowledge a success or a fail for that death save. This would then add more stress and tension on the scene when the players don't know if they have the comfort of skipping a turn on healing their friend that's down. Perhaps they just rolled a nat 1 and got 2 death fails. or they get their nat 20 on the third rule. This optional table rule can help add more strain to your party. So if you'd like to give your players more heat during battles, rolling in secret for a death roll may be for you. Number seven on discover table rules is restricting certain classes or species. There's a lot of controversy out there in tables when a DM declares certain restrictions. Again, this is the DM's decision to set this ruling, not the players. If you have a hard time dealing with a certain flying species or you prefer that magic is rare in this campaign, be sure to make your group aware of this during session zero. Some players may altogether hate or quit the group because of this, but it's your chance to make sure you feel comfortable playing and ruling in the setting that you're placing in front of your party and that you want to be the DM of. Perhaps all the orcs are seen as evil and you have a big bad leader of all orcs. Or maybe you just don't want to have players being able to fly so early and you find it too challenging to manage the Aerocroca. This is totally a table rule that DMs should not be ashamed of implementing if they see necessary. So again, the rule is simple. 
restrictions of certain classes, species, or even spells. I know a lot of people out there that do not like silvery barbs. I'm just saying, you don't have to have it in there. Just make sure you mention this on session zero. And the final thing I'll mention in this episode are some simple self-explanatory rules that we've seen. Max HP at every level, re-rolling ones for level up, player's decision on player initiative during combat, natural ones during combat is hitting oneself or an ally, two weapon attacks with the main action, and one bonus attack with the bonus action is what two weapon fighting is used as some tables. Another tweaked rule that is sometimes included with the bonus action health potion is if the player uses a full action instead, they get max HP back instead of rolling. And the final, if down during combat, gain one level of exhaustion. And that's all I have for you. Out of all the table rules available, it's your duty as the DM to mention these during your session zero. That way no players are caught off guard or may even decide to switch it up because one of your table rules, again, there are a slew of rulings out there. If you feel like they could improve your group or your gaming experience, go for it. Perhaps you're content with just sticking with the basics. That's fine too. If your party is having fun, then that's all that matters. If you'd like to reach out and discuss anything further, you can reach me by following the social link in the description of this episode. And again, we appreciate you for listening, but don't forget, let it roll.